Welcome to Interviews for Resistance. Since election night 2016, the streets of the U.S. have run with resistance. People all over the country have woken up with the conviction that they must do something to fight inequality in all its forms. But many are wondering what it is they can do. In this series, we'll be talking with experienced organizers, troublemakers, and thinkers who have been doing the hard work of fighting for a long time. They'll be sharing their insights on what works, what doesn't, what has changed, and what is still the same. I am Sarah Jaffe, your host. My name's Gary Zuckett. I'm executive director of West Virginia Citizen Action Group, which is a community-based grassroots public policy group that's been around since 1974. All right. Um, And so West Virginia is one of the states that is in the, well, certainly in the crosshairs in terms of losing health care coverage if the Republican bill passes, but also has one of the senators that is a key target. Um, so tell us a little bit about the organizing you've been doing around the health care bill. Well, one of the things I like to brag about West Virginia is that we play well together here and we have a really broad coalition of organizations, including Citizen Action, West Virginians for Affordable Health Care, uh, you know, the social workers, the Council of Churches, the AFL-CIO, uh, we've all been working together on, uh, you know, just sending the message to both of our senators because that's where the health care bill is right now. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is not good for West Virginia. It's not good for West Virginians. It won't be good for our economy. Um, and, and I think the message is starting to get through yeah. because we've had, you know, seen, uh, you know, our Senator uh, Capito, Shelley Moore Capito, mm-hmm. is uh, right now holding firm in her uh, opposition to what's currently on the table. Mm-hmm. And I know she's under a lot of pressure from her leadership and from other senators that have uh, you know, this sort of lockstep thing that they got to kill off Obamacare because that's what they promised to do. And they've all voted for it numerous times, but now that they have control of both houses and have uh, a Republican president in the White House, they feel like this is the time to act. And and it's it's been pretty constant since even right after the election. her office in downtown Charleston that, you know, had a couple hundred people show up in the middle of the day. Yeah. And that was right after the election? West Virginia, I think West Virginia was the first state to have civil disobedience that people actually get arrested at the senator's offices over this issue. Yeah. It was just a few weeks ago. There have been several other states where that's gone down. Yeah. We actually just worked with a... um, the Wood County Indivisible Group up along the Ohio River uh, and did a joint West Virginia-Ohio action just last week uh, that was called Bridging the Healthcare Divide. And uh, our Senator Capito and Ohio Senator uh, Portman uh, sent a joint letter to uh, Mitch McConnell outlining their concerns about the, the Senate health care bill. Mm-hmm. And so we got together with an activist from Ohio, and we were on the Williams, Williamstown, West Virginia side, and we met on the bridge connecting the Mer- 
Marietta and uh, Williamstown and dropped a banner saying, Bridge the Healthcare Divide. We had 100 people on the bridge in the rain last Thursday to do that. So tell us a little bit about how the this coalition has come together. And, and you said, you know, you had a protest right after the election. But um, yeah, was it pretty quick that people said that healthcare is going to be our focus here? Yes, it was because, you know, you know, to, to give her credit, um, Senator Capito has been a big supporter of CHIP, the Children's Health Care mm-hmm. Program, insurance program. And um, that's done a lot for West Virginians. So it wasn't, you know, it was a natural step to try to bring her along and show her how the Medicaid program in West Virginia, especially the expansion, which mm-hmm. covered so many uh, people, I think it was 174,000 people in West Virginia, almost mm-hmm. 10% of our population, mm-hmm. was covered just under the Medicaid expansion. We really uh, have benefited uh, more than most of the rest of the country from uh, the Affordable Care Act. And so we've been communicating that to her. Uh, and it's not just activists, uh, you know, the hospital associations that's come out against this bill, yeah. the AARP, the, the uh, local health care providers, uh, uh, the, uh, the state um, head of our health, our state health department has come out against it. So she's hearing it from all sides and really hoping that she becomes a leader instead of a follower and and really follows in the steps of uh, the senator from Maine who just yesterday said that she can't vote for this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, that's it. Tell us about is there a particular action that you've done that stands out um, as, you know, something that seemed to be particularly significant to your senator, your members of Congress, or um, something that seemed particularly significant to you in terms of the coalition coming together? Well, we did a, we did a fun little action several weeks ago, back some we're in the middle of June, mm-hmm. uh, because in West Virginia, 51% of our kids in West Virginia are covered by either Medicaid or CHIP. And so we got 10 little kindergarten chairs and, uh, you know, put printed faces of smiling kids on five of the chairs and faces of unhappy kids on the, the other five showing that the, yeah. you know, those were the five that were going to lose, possibly lose their health care if uh, the Medicaid program was, you know, downgraded, you know, to a block grant or capped or somehow the Medicaid expansion was rolled back. And we set that up on the corner uh, downtown, not too far from our office, but it was across the street from the local ER emergency room. And our message to the TV cameras that showed up was, hey, you know, we don't want kids to be using the emergency room as their medical provider anymore. We, right. we don't want to go backwards right. to when that was happening here in West Virginia. Yeah. Um, so West Virginia has gotten a lot of attention since the election as sort of 
peak Trump country. Um, and people tend to assume that there's nobody doing the kind of work that you're doing in West Virginia. Um, so tell us a little bit about the history of your organization. Like you said, it dates back several decades and the work that people are doing every day to organize in West Virginia. Well, our organization was started by way back in the day, like I said, the mid seventies by, uh, a young man back then named David Grubb, who was one of uh, Nader's Raiders. He had gone to Washington, D.C. and worked with Ralph Nader uh, when he was a consumer advocate and um, came back to West Virginia and started a, a citizen action group and, and went on to uh, get a law degree and ended up as a, as a state uh, senator at one point back in the 90s. And you know, so our organization does have a long history of, uh, you know, encouraging citizens to be active in public policy and, and to take you know public policy that affects their lives seriously and to organize to for better policies, policies that are people centered and not uh, you know centered with the uh, special interests. And part of how we do that is by building coalitions. And uh, we're really proud of a lot of the coalitions we've helped build over the years. Um, the one that's uh, two of them that are that are most active right now is one is the West Virginia Environmental Council mm -hmm. was hatched out of our office, and another is called West Virginians United for Social and Economic Justice, and that's a really broad coalition that includes labor and social workers and uh, faith leaders. Uh, where we get together once once a month and you know talk about what issues uh, we can work on, read and disagree on the ones we can. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, what people on the ground that you're working with think about all of this sort of conversation about Appalachia and Trump and and uh, whatnot? Well, yeah, uh, like you said, we're sort of labeled as uh, being Trump country now, and you know um, we have. You know, sort of voted for the Republican candidate ever since uh, George Bush the uh, second got elected. W. And uh, you know, it's it, it's easy to you know paint in broad strokes like that. But I would also remind folks that in the Democratic primary last year, every county in the state of West Virginia went for Bernie Sanders. So. And I think, uh, you know, so there is a populist a hunger for a populist message here in West Virginia. And unfortunately, um, you know, our current president and his false populism appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. Of course, we have the coal issue here. You know, coal is king, quote unquote, mm -hmm. uh, or was, you know, coal is on the ropes right now. There's a lot of unemployed coal miners that are. Mm -hmm pretty unhappy about the fact that, you know, they can't make their house payments or their car payments. We're losing population as a result. Right. So there is, a, you know, an economic downturn here and uh, the, um, you know, the local coal industry, coal barons have, you know, uh, successfully uh, painted our former president and uh, the uh, current, the and then Hillary Clinton as, yeah. you know, the uh, 
guys. That's the that's the devil says to you. There's a war on coal, and it's all Obama's fault. Hillary was going to continue that war on coal, and and she had that unfortunate sort of out of context quote that they used about how you know she was going to have to put a lot of coal miners out of work. Yeah, yeah. They played that over and over again. Yeah, yeah. and of course. So yeah, so we we we've been painted, you know, as a sort of you know a backward. Uh, regressive state, and I, and I think that's unfair because you know one of the things that we saw after the election was a total like insurgence of people coming out of the woodwork wanting to be active, both people newly minted activists and uh, people that have had been active in their youth and maybe are now retired and. Mm-hmm. They decided, well, I better get back into this because you know, times are rough. Pull together. And so there's uh, indivisible groups in most of the counties in West Virginia now. There's women's huddles that are still from the Women's March uh, that are still uh, meeting here in West Virginia on a regular basis and talking to each other. We had, uh, uh, we helped out of this office, helped organize a sister a women's march to the one in D.C., and we had uh, somewhere between three and 4,000 people show up at our state capitol, which blew everybody away, including us. And so there is, I think, uh, you know, somewhat of a silver lining under this whole you know, really bad political situation we find ourselves in right now, is that it's really getting people up off their stuffs and on their feet and out in the streets and looking for a way to, to make a difference. And I think the challenge of organizations like Citizen Action and other nonprofit groups, not only here but across the country, is you know stepping up and engaging these people and getting them started on the road to being a, you know a citizen activist and and uh, working together with people in their own locality on local issues and then looking, <laughs> working together on statewide and federal issues. I was just on a planning call yesterday uh, for a what we're calling the West Virginia Grassroots Summit. It's going to be at the end of September. Yeah. And we expect, you know, two or 300 people from all over the state from these indivisible, indivisible groups, the women's huddles, the... The, the Bernie groups that are still out there uh, to show up and learn how to organize locally and learn the statewide and federal issues and you know and network and build uh, you know, bonds with other groups in other areas and uh, you know I think this could be the start of something big. Yeah. Yeah. And just thinking about healthcare as an issue to to connect with all these people. I mean. When you're talking about people who worked in coal mines, healthcare is very important to people who may be suffering from black lung or other health-related issues caused from working in the coal mines. Um, there's a lot of people who need healthcare who may not have expected this was what they were going to get if they voted for Trump. Exactly. Yes, there we've run into 
lots of individuals who voted for uh, our current president and who are now having second thoughts because you know, um, they have family members that are you know, on the expanded Medicaid program. They have um, parents or grandparents that are being taken care of in nursing homes through Medicaid funds. Um, you know, the, a lot of these coal companies are going out of business <clears throat> and are, the bankruptcy process is, is stripping them of their health benefits and their pensions. So they don't have much left besides uh, Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security, which are all under attack under this conservative administration. So I think we're primed to make some progress in the 2018 elections here in West Virginia. Yeah. And I, you know, hopefully across the country we can, we can do that also. Yeah. Are there any particular parts of the state that you're looking at thinking about the upcoming elections? Well, in West Virginia, um, since our third district congressman is uh, going to be running in the uh, open in in the U.S. Senate seat uh, against our current uh, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, mm -hmm. Evan Jenkins is vacating his third uh, district congressional seat, and so that's an open seat, and we're hoping to get a good candidate in there and maybe take that back. Uh, the question is, you know, can we get enough um, people on the ground, you know, doing the door knocking, doing the one-on-one the -on -one type of civic engagement that we need to do in order to counter the, the large amounts of out-of-state money that we'll expect to be coming in that we've seen ever since the Citizens United versus FEC ruling of the Supreme Court that opened the floodgates to this unregulated, dark, mystery money. Mm -hmm. um, what West Virginia is uh, a cheap investment to a billionaire who wants to buy a congressman. which are going to be kind of critical around healthcare. What um, what's next for West Virginians? Well, a couple of things. One of the things is that we're uh, focusing more on engaging the faith community um, because uh, this is a moral issue. Yeah. Uh, 
absolutely a moral issue. I mean, who would Jesus cut off of health care? <laughs> right. This is not, this is not the, the kind of, uh, you know, morality that our, our nation was based on. Uh, this is not what we're taught in Sunday school. This is, this is kind of, you know, cold, hard uh, attempt to roll back health care coverage for people that can't afford to, to buy it on their own. That is, is immoral and heartless. And, uh, and basically people that vote for the Senate bill vote for the uh, repeal of the Medicaid expansion and uh, reinstitution of uh, lifetime caps and pre-existing conditions will have blood on their hands because mm -hmm. people will die. Yeah. Um, how can people keep up with you and the work you're doing? Well, that's real easy. We're, we're, we're on Facebook. We, uh, you know, have a webpage, WVCAG, citizenactiongroup.org. Uh, we're on Twitter at WVCAG, and uh, you know we we try to keep engaged through you know, all the different uh, and new social medias, and uh, and we'd love to have uh, you know more West Virginians uh, getting our action alerts for sure. Uh, it's, uh, we've we've really uh, have expanded our our base since November. It's been amazing number of people. Uh, and a good a good example of the attention that West Virginia is getting mm -hmm. is that Bernie Sanders has been in West Virginia twice in the last month to hold hold rallies. Mm -hmm. uh, he was here in Charleston well, a couple three weeks ago, and. We had already had a big healthcare rally planned, and we got word just several days before that that Bernie uh, was available and interested in coming back to West Virginia. So we invited him to join into the rally that we already had going, and uh, you know, I had 2,000 people show up, and I think we garnered nearly a thousand names on uh, petitions uh, at that rally. Or, you know, these are some of the old faces, but a lot of new faces, yeah. uh, a lot of new people. So we are building our base. We are, uh, you know, building power, and we intend to use that power, uh, people power, you know, for the good of, of the citizens of West Virginia, opposing the the, the special interests of the one percent or two percent that like to call the shots. Interviews for Resistance is a project of Sarah Jaffe with assistance from Laura Fayebois and support from the Nation Institute. You can find more information at necessarytrouble.org. Thanks for listening.